Yeah, I'm going with it. Career high, six interceptions plus for Earl Thomas. That's my prediction. You're sticking with Edwards. Just, yeah. yeah. The bus. <laughs> Move over. Are you going to cut me off the entire podcast? Yeah, what, or are you what are you saying? Huh? <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, yeah. All right, so we got <laughs> <laughs> Welcome into the lounge for a bonus episode. Two for one. Yeah. It's great. Great week. We had the lore. Yep. And now we're doing the season predictions. I mean, when it's week one, you got to bring out the big guns. That's right. That's right. Are you going to cut me off the entire podcast? What what are you saying? Huh? (laughs) No, go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So we got. (laughs) (laughs) Saw that one coming a mile. Oh, yeah. No, seriously. (laughs) Every every year. Every year. (laughs) Stop it. Just stop it. Every year we do our season predictions podcast, and most years, well, every year we've been pretty bad. We went back and reviewed it last year, yeah, because we we hold ourselves accountable, right? We make predictions, you hold yourselves accountable at the end of it. That's yeah. how we operate yep. around here, men of honor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're pretty bad, pretty bad. But we're going to give it another shot this year. Here's what we fall victim to is we watch this team so closely and we watch them every day and then you start to fall in love with the player and you start to kind of buy into the hype. It's easy to do that when you're watching them in practice every day. Who have you fallen in love with? Well, last year, we both fell victim to thinking that Alex Collins was going to have a great season. I was not on the Alex Collins train as much as you. I said under 1,000. No, no, no. We both said over 1,000. Yes. No. Uh, Yes. Yes. (sighs) You both said over 1,000. You sure? Yes. Yes. Because I remember not being as much on the Alex Yeah, but then you said over a 1,000. Yeah, I, I didn't mean it. Right, but... I didn't I, mean it. But my point is, <laughs> you, you, you can fall victim to that stuff, and that's where it can get a little tricky. Um, on our 53-man roster predictions, by the way, we're usually really good at those. This year, not so much. That is great. You missed uh, Well, I, nailed, I hit the offensive line pretty well. I got Makari and Illuminar off. We also did it earlier. than I agree. Team. So I had, before the Illuminar trade, I had Illuminar off the team. Yeah, that, well, that, first of all, side note. I just knew he wasn't going to be on the team. Side note, we released the podcast at like 5 p.m. And then at 5.10, we trade Illuminar. I'm like, sweet, sweet. My, my <laughs> Illuminar on the team <laughs> pick. But uh, yeah, you missed on Trace. Oh, bad, bad Trace. miss. That was bad. bad miss. We both missed on Kenneth Dixon and both had him on. Um, but I think that's one of those. If you we had seen both that had last Willie game, Henry on. both had Willie Henry on. That was a surprise. Uh, yeah. Um, so there were a couple surprises. Neither of us had a Laka on. We both talked about that. Yeah. Um, but we, we didn't have Ivan Marshall on. Right. But that's you know that was, uh, that's a tricky I, I, one tricky. because you don't know how somebody's injury, how serious it is. Yeah. So anyway, we we st- we stunk it up this year, but we're gonna make up for it. Yes. Right now with our season predictions. <laughs> Do we have a drum roll sound effect? No. No drum roll? Chad, come on, man. Uh, all right. First question. Does Lamar Jackson top 3,000 passing yards? And, it's kind of separate, does he top 1,000 rushing yards? Right. Uh, I have already said that I think he tops 1,000 rushing yards. Set it on unscripted. Give it a plug. I set it on unscripted. Yep, check it out. Uh, B-A-L. Also posted on our app, our website, YouTube. Everywhere. And, everywhere. Uh but so I think he tops a thousand rushing. I'm going to say under three thousand passing. Really? Oh no, he's over three thousand passing. What's the math to come to on that? I'm gonna uh, like. What do I think he's going to hit? Well, I'm saying or like per game. Yeah, per game. We got to do the divided by sixteen. A little tricky. Know, let, me, let me. I got my <laughs> phone right here. Give me a second. Let me do the math. This shouldn't be that hard, right? Three thousand divided by sixteen. 
That's a hundred. Yeah, I think I was right. That's 187 yards if right. you're doing 3,000. Right. 187 yards a game. It's not a huge number. Lamar's going to go over that on average. He's going to have some 300 yard games. Ooh, all right. You don't think Lamar's going to have some 300 yard games this some? year? So some is multiple. Yes, I think you have multiple 300 yard games this year. Okay, I, I see I, you turning down my volume level. I know. I just it's piercing my ears. All right, go ahead. But I, I think, look, I think Lamar is going to be right around both of those numbers. Um, but I'm going to say under 3,000 passing. I like, and I don't have an issue with him. As I've said before, like I don't have an issue with him running the ball a lot. Like I, I don't. I've never understood the desire to try to make him something that he's not. I think that he's progressed Nobody's as a passer. Try, the Ravens certainly aren't trying. Ravens to aren't. But but the discussion, the fans are. It's where the happy medium is, right? It's not trying to make him something that he's not. You obviously. Want want to let Lamar run when it's there, but there's definitely been a concerted effort this year to improve Lamar as a passer. When, and Lamar's talked about it. He's he, He'll take off, but his first inclination is to throw the ball. Yes. When things break down, he's looking to still throw the ball. But the run, He will they, run it, yeah, but, but I don't think it'll be as much scripted run, certainly, as last year for him. Well, the other difference is There'll that... There'll be some of that, but not as much. The Ravens are, if you look at their offense in terms of the number of plays that they have compared to other offenses around the league. It's going to be lower because they're going to be a ball-control, ball-dominant offense that that runs fewer plays, is my expectation. You think so? Yeah. I think they control the time of possession, um, and I think that they run... That leads to, like, long... That leads to longer drives. They're not going to pass the ball as much. And so, when you're running the ball, you're just running the clock. The clock is just consistently <laughs> running. You I shorten don't think, games overall, you're saying. Yes, exactly. Fewer snaps for everybody. Exactly. And so, I just don't think that they're going to, they're going to have as many plays as other teams that... Like, okay. uh, you know, like the Saints, you right. team like that. So, what's his final stat line? I'm projecting. I'm talking 3,200 passing yards, uh, 850 rushing yards. Uh huh. He's gonna throw 22 passing touchdowns this year. Okay. 22 passing touchdowns, and I'm gonna say he scores another eight with his legs. So that's 30 touchdowns total. Yeah. And I'm I'm saying seven picks. Okay, I could see the the twenty two twenty two and eight is what you did twenty two and eight. He had six in six passing touchdowns last year and five rushing touchdowns. Um, Dang. So I think that you're a little low on rushing, the rushing touchdowns and a little high on passing. I think that he's, twenty and ten. I think it might be more like twenty and ten. I'm fine with that. Yeah, still thirty. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he's right. going to have a really good season. Yeah, oh, like, I'm all in. Yeah, I think he's going to have a really good season. Have you seen the the projections out there that some people say that fantasy-wise that he could be the best fantasy quarterback out there? Oh. <laughs> I still have my draft coming up tomorrow. Okay, I got you. Um, uh, anyway, uh, oh no, it's tonight. Ooh, big good luck. I'm going to, oh yeah, I'm going to get him. Uh, all right, so who is going to be the leading receiver in catches, yards, and touchdowns? Three touchdowns. Three separate questions. There. Okay, how about this? Do you think that it's the same guy for each? Mark Andrews for yes. all of them? Yes, <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to point to. Um, man. Yeah. Same. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, I probably think it is. I don't think any receiver is going to top 1,000 yards. I think Mark Andrews will probably put up... I think he'll probably have 60 catches for about... 850 and uh, seven touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Which is a 
incredible season for a nice year. stellar season for a, a tight end. We're not talking George Kittle numbers or whatever, but well, uh, and and it's as we talked about before, it's not a pass heavy offense. You know, right. it's not the Saints offense. That, this is what I've kind of been saying to to everybody, and I feel like I've talked to you and Cliff about this fifty times. Is you have to at season's end when you look at the Ravens' stats, you have to grade it on a curve. Okay, the numbers aren't necessarily going to be beautiful. Yeah, yeah. By comparison to a traditional offense, but this isn't a traditional offense. They're going to run the ball more than anybody else. So, like, if none of the receivers, you know, put up more than eight hundred yards mm-hmm. on the surface, you would look at that and say, "Man, the Ravens had bad pass catchers this year." It's what they do per attempt. How efficient are they? Because I think they're going to get fewer opportunities, specifically at wide receiver. Like when we're looking at Willie Sneed's numbers, Miles Boykin, Hollywood Brown, all those guys, I don't think any of them are going to put up monster numbers. But if if Hollywood Brown gets three targets a game, catches all three for 75 yards, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's a good day. Right. So you have to kind of grade it differently. I totally agree with that. Um, and that goes back to the number of plays that you're going to have and being yeah. more of a ball-dominant offense that runs the ball a lot, all yep. that stuff. Yep. But when we're, we're going to get to the running backs in a little bit, I would expect the Ravens to have some really productive running backs yes, in addition to a quarterback that puts up some good rushing yards as well. Yeah. As I just mentioned, uh, Hollywood Brown, what does his final stat look like? I, stat think, line look I like? think he's around 40 catches okay. and around 700 receiving yards with... Six touchdowns. I would probably go a little bit lower across the board, but not much lower. I go 35 for 655 touchdowns. I just think that they're going to probably ease him in a little bit here in the beginning. He hasn't had many reps. They're going to take some shots to him, but I don't think he's going to be a a huge part of the offense immediately. Um, Still scaring teams. Yeah. Still a threat anytime he goes out there, so it's not like they can take advantage of that. But, uh, But I think that It'll take a little bit of time. I think it will take time. I think that to start, what do you think? How many percent? What's the percentage of plays that he's on the field for the offense? I mean, I think it's maybe around 50, 60. You know, week one in Miami. I think lower than that. Yeah. You do? So maybe 30, 40% of the plays? Yeah. Um, I mean, John Harbaugh has has hinted and said that they're going to know how to use him, which Mm -hmm. they're going to have a clear expectation of what the routes are, what the plays are. They're not going to go out there and, and play him 70 snaps in the opener of Miami. Yep. Uh, another rookie wide receiver, Miles Boykin. Mm. Do you think he puts up bigger numbers than Hollywood as a rookie? I think that he could. I think that it's pretty similar numbers. You know, I said, what, 40 for Hollywood? I think it could be right around that number. 40, 45? Yeah. I, I think that Miles Boykin is around 40 to 45. Uh, he's not going to have as many big plays I would not expect as Hollywood does, but he's going to be around... 650 to 750 in that range for receiving yards. That'd be for a rookie receiver. That's if you really to, good. Yeah. Which really is where good. Hollywood would yeah. be too, which is my projection for Hollywood. Now Hollywood obviously is a first round pick. Um, and then I think that four to five touchdowns mm-hmm. for Boykin. I just think that like, I, I agree with you totally that it's going to be a spread the wealth situation. Yeah. Willie Sneed, he was last year's leading receiver in right. terms of receptions. Right. Um, He's going to get some action too. Yeah, he's going to be the. I think he could take a little bit of a hit because the tight ends have progressed. Mark Andrews has just continued to develop chemistry with Lamar, and also Hayden Hurst is in the mix from week one. And yeah. like Hayden Hurst has been the forgotten man in this offense. Yep. Um, he, I think, is pretty eager to go out there and hit the ground running and be an impact player from the start of the season, yep. which 
if you're taking catches away from Willie Sneed over the middle of the field, who's getting those? Yeah, it's the tight ends. It's the tight ends. Exactly. And I think the Ravens do want to feature their rookie wide receivers. I think they want to let those guys get the reps, build, grow with Lamar Jackson, and, and really, you know, obviously they want them to make an impact this year, but the more reps you can get them this season, the better they're going to be next year, yeah. the year beyond when they're with Lamar. And that will really start to pay dividends. All right. So before we get to the running backs, we have a question and you guys can still email the show at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. We've got two questions we're going to have today. That, and, and by the way, we still have those t-shirts that we're giving away for good questions, good yeah. audio questions. Uh, so Ricky well, Lane, well, should we iron them this time before we send them out? No, I saw people, some comments. About I know. That. Well, that's just because we held it up. We pulled out of the box and took the picture with Lamar and people, <laughs> We're kind of killing us for the shirt being not exactly the most iron. Uh, when we send them out, it's going to get ready. Anyway. Be iron. I am not ironing your shirt. No, you can iron it. You can iron exactly. it when you get it. Exactly. Or throw it, just, you know, wash it and then throw it in the dryer and then hang it up quickly. Precisely. That's what I do. <laughs> I know that's your move. All right. This first question comes from Ricky. Uh, here's the question. Hey, Ryan and Garrett. This is Ricky from California. I'm a huge Ravens fan and lounge listener. I'll be attending the Ravens and 49ers game later in the year flying all the way up from California. And my question is, I was looking up and I couldn't find anywhere that I've ever seen a team with 3,000 yard rushers. And I just wanted to know, do you think this team could be capable of having 3,000 yard rushers, whether it be Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, Justice Hill, or Gus Edwards? Thanks for your time. All right, first of all, I love the dedication to fly in from California. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's commitment. I yeah. like it. Um, so, I already said there's going to be 1,000-yard rusher with Lamar. Are we going to see three? There's no way we're going to see three <laughs> I agree. rushers. Um, I do think Gus Edwards will put up numbers. I would probably say Gus is going to get around 700. Uh-huh. Um, but, no, Justice Hill isn't going to come close to 1,000 yards rushing, I don't think, barring any injuries. Yeah. Um, and then if, if you have injuries, then... Right. You know, Mark Ingram wouldn't have have the other thousand yard rusher. (laughs) Exactly. So uh, I think, you know, here's what's funny in speaking of fantasy, people are drafting Justice Hill late. Yeah. And Gus Edwards is going totally undrafted, and I I just don't get it. Yeah. Like, Gus Edwards to me is pretty solidly the Ravens' number two running back. He's going to get a number of carries this year. Now, is his ceiling necessarily where Justice is? is right now probably not i mean Mm -hmm. gus is a downhill power back those guys don't really excite fantasy owners necessarily but he had a lot of success in this offense last year he's still relied upon player in the offense this year and he's gotten better as a pass catcher like last year he caught i think one pass right this year he's going to catch more than one pass don't you think that he's also going to be a bit of a touchdown vulture too yeah i mean he's 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 a a downhill he's a hammer back so once you get down close to the goal line right i think the ravens are going to want to give him the football right he's a guy that Maybe in a bye week, if I could play him as a running stardom or play him as a flex, like I wouldn't be, you know, Opposed you know what you're going to get. Yeah, you're probably going to get around seven to ten points from yeah. him and be touchdown dependent. Yeah. But like, you know, and, and this, I love Justice Hill and I think he's going to be a great player, but he's a rookie. Let's not forget that. I know it's, he's exciting and all that stuff, but I think he's going to build his way up right now as a rookie. I think he's primarily going to catch passes. He'll have some running attempts too, but he's behind those other guys. All right. So if we're going to say, not 3,000-yard rushers. Will we have at least one? Yes. Oh, for sure. Mark Ingram's definitely top of 1,000. I agree. Oh, for sure. I think he's. I think he can put up 1,300 yards this year. Well, he has said that he thinks this could be the best season of his career. He thinks yeah. the best football is in front of him. I know I say that, but he's very sincere about it. Um, and, 
the offense is suited for him to have a great season. His The best season of his career was two years ago where he ran for 1,100 rushing yards, and that was in a split role. Yeah. I think he could go higher than that. Yes. Yeah, he's the lead dog, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, I think 1,200 to 1,300 rushing. And like I said, I think he's going to put up, you know, 400 to 500 receiving yards. Right. He's going to have a big year. 10 touchdowns? Yeah. 12 touchdowns? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, he could have a huge year. I mean, this offense is going to run the ball a ton. They signed him for a reason. They gave him pretty good money for a reason. He's been a productive back his entire career. Yeah. He's gonna have a big season, and it's it's not like you saw a big drop off last year from him. It's no. not like his. It's not like the perception of running backs when they hit thirty, they fall off a cliff. There's been no signs that he's that that's the case well, for him. Like you said, he's fresher than your average thirty year old running back. He's been split carries his whole career, college and pro. Right. So Gus Edwards last year finished the year with seven hundred eighteen rushing yards. Yeah. And he was an undrafted guy who came up in the middle of the season. Yep. You know, he only started six games. So yeah, it's crazy. So so he puts up 700-plus rushing yards. Yeah. And now you get Mark Ingram, former Heisman Trophy winner, pro bowler, 1,000-yard yep. rusher, first-round pick. If you put him in that offense, yeah. and the offense is just, I think, going to be better. Yeah, well, I think last year they were running against more stacked boxes than they'll probably, hopefully, get right. this year because you have... Miles and you have Hollywood out there to back him up a little bit. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to be a huge year. I, I'm with you on Ingram. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, just real quick on Gus Edwards or Justice Hill, who do you think finishes the year with more rushing yards? Are you sticking Edwards. by, you're sticking with Edwards? Gus. Yeah. Yeah. The bus. Bump, bump. <laughs> Move over. Um, all right. Let's go to the defensive side. All right. Who will lead the team in sacks and how many? Mm-hmm. Can we answer this quickly? Yeah. Judon's going to lead the team in Judon's sacks around 10. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I think this is a more interesting question. Who's going to be second in sacks? And that is the big question because I don't think that there's a clear answer. I'll say Tim Williams. Okay. With how many? Uh, you know, someone's going to get sacks. Like, <laughs> like, I don't think the Ravens are going to lead the league in sacks by any stretch. But if you only have t- around 10 for Judon, which I think is probably going to be around where he is. The Ravens are going to get, what, 30 sacks this year? 25 to 30 sacks? I hope it's more than 25. I agree. I hope, it, but, <laughs> yeah. but my point is there's, they've got to come in bunches yes. from somebody. Yes. Yes. And I think that Tim is probably that guy at six. Okay. But I, between him and Bowser, it's honestly kind of a coin flip. I thought I mean, Bowser, how many do you think McPhee will put up? I, don't, I think McPhee is going to be a difference maker in, a, in the run game. Um, I think that he's going to set the edge really well. Um, I think that he'll probably be in that five to six range. He'll set it up for the other guys. So you got all of them around that five to six range. Yeah. Tim, it, Tyus, and McPhee. Yeah. The race. I don't think, I. what I do not expect, I don't expect to have one of those guys jump out like we had last year with Zadarius Smith, who sort of emerges as the clear second pass rusher mm-hmm. um, and gets, you know, eight to ten sacks. Exactly. I, I don't see that happening. I see it being five to six for each of them. I think, you know, here's a here's a curveball for you. I think Peanut could get in that range too. Well, that's it goes back so if you if it's yeah. if you're not having those guys, let's just say it's 6 across the board for those guys. Yeah. You know, and then Judon gets 10, then you're going to be in that 25 to 30 range. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, but, will get some sacks. Yeah. Um, Sean Elliott will get some sacks. Right, right. They could get a you could get a Michael Pierce or a Brandon uh, I mean, I don't think they're going to get more than two or three. No, but you you get two, yeah. you know, yeah, one yeah, or two yeah, of those. It guys. all adds up. Yeah. Yeah. Um all right, interceptions. I think is quick. We're both going to say Earl Thomas. I would assume. You think Earl Thomas is going to lead, or you think Marlon? 
No, I don't think I don't think Marlon will get tested a ton. Brandon Carr, Jimmy. Well, Brandon Carr is an interesting guy that he could potentially lead because I think that he, I think that he's a veteran who has pretty good hands. Uh, he's made. I still say Earl Thomas. <laughs> it's going to be, I think Earl Thomas will lead the team in interceptions, but I would, I would say that second will be Brandon. I think that Brandon will have a high volume of passes coming his direction. All right. Oh, and he's, and he's had a good hands. With that. Do you remember that play that he made on the first, the oh, first he does play have against good Chargers? Hands. I, I agree. He's got, he has better hands than Jimmy does. Maybe Marlon. Yeah, and so he's going to Jimmy get, and Marlon aren't big pick guys. They're plaster, they're man guys. Right, and I think so. I think that if teams are looking at who to target, I think that they'll say, "Oh, we can go after Brandon," right. and he makes teams pay for that. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, offensive MVP Lamar Jackson. Agreed. <laughs> Defensive oh. MVP. Uh, I, I think I'll go with one. yeah. Um, you know, last year, the player who was voted MVP for the entire team was by Marlon. the media was Marlon Humphrey. Yes. And that was, uh, I actually voted for Lamar last year because of the way that he came in and, and took the team from being out of the playoffs and won six of the final seven games. That was games. pretty mind-boggling media vote. I also voted for Lamar. Yeah. yeah. So we made our vote, but we didn't win. And so Marlon won. And Tony Jefferson talked this week about how he was the best player on the field during off-season program and during training camp. Um, so all signs are pointing to him having a huge season. I think that he will put himself in that conversation of the Pro Bowl this year. Uh, whether he gets there is hard to say because it's a popularity contest. But I think that he's absolutely going to be in that mix. Yeah. Um, so you, are you picking Marlon or are you not? Jim, oh, this whole spiel. I'll, I'll say Marlon. All right, I'm going ET. Earl Thomas, MVP, baby. I think, like we've talked about, the defense uh, could take a step back in sacks production, could take a step back in yards. If they take a step forward in turnovers, and Earl Thomas is flying all over the field, uh, he's gonna. You're gonna look at that and say, "Man, he he's so valuable." To but how many turnovers does he have to get in order to for him to be in that defensive MVP conversation? I feel like it's five, five plus. six, six. Yeah, yeah. which is which yeah, should be a lot for that. him. Which should be a lot for him. He had three in four games last year. I know, but that's not been the career trajectory that he's had. Over, it's not like he's getting nine, ten interceptions no, he's, every he's season. He's not like Ed Reed, right? Right. He he has some similarities, but he has not had Edwards kind of interception production. Right. So I, I just think that if Marlon goes out there and puts himself in that shutdown corner conversation, mm-hmm. even if Earl but, Thomas but, has a great but, year and has four. Sorry, let me cut you off. Eric Weddle had six two years ago yep. playing in the same defense, and Earl Thomas is much more of a playmaker, in my opinion, than Eric Weddle is. I, I agree, but I, I, I agree with that. Um but I don't think that you can just say, "Well, Eric Weddle had six, so." But, but I'm saying, I'm saying, Earl put, put, have put six. Earl Thomas in this defense, and I think he has a chance to maybe up his turnover, his interception rate that he had in Seattle. Potentially, so you think it's, Earl Thomas is going to have more interceptions than he has his entire career this year? He could set a career high in interceptions. That wouldn't shock me. All right, his career high is five. Oh, so he could hit six. So yeah, I'm going with it. Career high. Six interceptions plus for Earl Thomas. That's my prediction. And I'll just we're all about making bold predictions on this pod. I'm going with it. I'm going to say he does not hit six. Wow. Um, he has a, a really Steelers good year. Fan or something? What's that? Are you a Steelers fan? Or Steelers fan. I just say I think Marlon's going to be a great player. I'm going to go with Marlon, defensive MVP. Okay. All right. Rookie of the year. Mm. You got. <sighs> I will say. I'll go with Hollywood. I mean, when we did our predictions for what their what their numbers were going to look like, I had Hollywood ahead of Boykin, and we both agreed that it was 
that Justice is going to be a good player, show some flashes, but he's third on the depth chart behind Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards. Mm-hmm. So I'll go with... Also, by the way, in the pass rush conversation, we never mentioned Jalen Ferguson. We always... <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, he's going to have... We're sorry, Jalen. What do you think? Four? Five for him? No, I don't think he gets five. I think he's three, four. Okay. Uh, all right, so back to, back to Rookie sorry, of the Year. Sorry, Jalen, again. Yeah, back to Rookie of the Year. I will say Hollywood. I mean, you had Hollywood ahead of Boykin in terms of your yeah, production. Yeah, I'll agree with you. I like Hollywood. I'm on the Hollywood bandwagon. Right. Uh, breakout player of the year. So this is somebody like Gus Edwards last year. We weren't, People weren't really talking about him. Who's the breakout player? So you would say Marlon is too big of a name already. Oh, for sure. I, I've said this before. I think that he... Mark Andrews doesn't qualify either. I think that that just on Marlon, I think nationally he will be a breakout player this year. Um, you I, started. I Who's your my, guy? Hayden Hurst. You kind of mentioned it earlier. He is flying so far under the radar right now. First round pick last year. If if we're saying that he's... He is a first round pick. But he has he didn't do anything last year practically. <laughs> I just say, you know, if you're trying to go deep he under the radar, he, didn't he was do a first round pick last year. I agree. He's I my actually, breakout player. You I mean, it's impossible to say like, oh, you know, I think the seventh round pick. Like nobody would have ever said Gus Edwards last year. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're going like deep. Right. Like I'm picking some guy on the practice squad. That's uh-huh. where Gus Edwards started. Uh-huh. Not going that deep. Right, right. So who's yours? Uh, you know he's not a bad one. I'll give you one since you're struggling. How about Patrick Ricard? I don't. As a defensive player? Uh, I don't think so. I think a different Patrick. I think Patrick Owasso. No. No. That doesn't count as a breakout player. You're a former undrafted guy who's in his first year as a starter. He broke out last year. He He broke out last year. No, he did not. Yes, he he did. He had a good season last year, but now... He just he was playing next to the best inside linebacker in football, who got the biggest, richest inside linebacker contract ever. Now it's his chance to go out there and Chris prove it. Board would be a breakout player. You took Hayden Hurst, the first round pick <laughs> last year, <laughs> but he didn't do anything. Yeah, because he, he was, was one of our most productive players last he year. Was hurt. You can't pick him as a breakout player. He was hurt. You, you're t- if you're taking wow. first round picks, I'm allowed to take undrafted free agents. Fine, <laughs> fine. All right, and last but not least. Surprise player. You, now you got biggest surprise player? That's, that's the conversation that you're trying to have. What are you talking about? That is the conversation. You had breakout player on the list and biggest surprise player. Oh. Do you not I even meant, know, I, you I not meant, even know your own list? I was talking about surprise player. I was talking about surprise player. You don't even know your own categories. What's the difference between those I don't know. Categories? You made the list. You're right. <laughs> Let's just combine those into one. I don't know what I was thinking on that. All right, last one. Because this is getting long. <laughs> Ravens final record. And I want the rest of the ASC North as well. 11-5 for the Ravens. I like it. I'm going to go Steelers 10-6. and six, Browns 8-8. Eight and eight. Oh, wow. The haterade on the Browns. I think the Browns... For a Cleveland guy. I think that the Browns you're are... You're so jaded. You, you, you're just so No, I think jaded. that there's, there is a difference in dealing with expectations. And for the first time, that they, now they have expectations. Um, and it's a first-year head coach. How do they do if they're sitting there at one and three? Now, if look, if, if the Browns start red hot, that's, I think, the where it would get problematic for the rest of the league and the rest of the AFC North. If the Browns come out and go 4-0 in the month of September, then it's like, look out, because now... The trains are rolling. now And now they think they're good. They know they're good, and they're just going to keep rattling off wins. But if they start slow, I think you could get into some issues um, for them as they try to deal with that. So I'm not, I'm not ready to anoint them quite yet. Offensive line is still an issue for them, so I'm going 8-8. Eight and eight. And, then, and then Bengals are going to be the worst team in the division, say 6-10. and 10. Oh, more wins than a lot of people predict. Yeah, five and eleven, somewhere in there. Okay, I'll go eleven and five for the Ravens as well. 
I'm going ten and six for the Browns, and I'm going nine and seven for the Steelers. I'm just not ready to. I'm just not ready to complete the changing of the guard that everyone else is. The Steelers, they're good and all, but you lose Antonio Brown, who's a really good player, mm-hmm. that changes things dramatically. They've replaced Antonio Brown with Dante Moncrief. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and I know everybody in Pittsburgh's trying to convince themselves that it's, oh, we're better off without the drama. Well, you know what? On Sundays, Antonio Brown was pretty darn good. He was. <laughs> so so I just think they're they're fooling themselves a little bit. And I get it. The Steelers are just one of those teams I think that they can sustain, like the Ravens are. They can You can have injuries and all that, and you're still good because you have good coaching, you have good foundation, you have good depth, all that stuff. But, yeah, I think the Steelers take a little step back. All right, before we go, we got one more question. This comes, question comes to us from Thomas. Hey, guys. I love the pod, and I'm coming at you as your biggest Ravens fan from Corpus Christi, Texas. My name is Tom, and I just had my first kid in December of last year, and I was wondering if you could tell me who I should focus on to try to make her new favorite player. Keep in mind that she doesn't have any idea what football is yet, but, uh, you know, something for her to really cheer for and a player that will be on the team for a long time. Anyway, keep up the great work, and go Ravens. All right, thanks for the question, Thomas. So, who should he make his daughter a fan of? I mean, I think the easy answer here is Lamar. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're going to, like, get a, get, get the kid jersey and we all had that. him on the pod, man. Most humble quarterback in the NFL. Just a nice guy, great with, loves the kids. Doesn't love giving autographs to the adults. <laughs> um, uh, but just a, a good dude, man. I'm just, a, I'm just a big Lamar fan. Is that a plug for the podcast from last week? Yeah. Early in the week? Oh, if you haven't listened to it, you have to. That yeah. was a really fun interview with Lamar, uh, and I think that, your, your kids will fall even more in love with Lamar after this. Yeah, that. he's an easy guy to root for. So uh, thanks for the questions uh, this week, Ricky and Thomas. Uh, we'll g- be getting you guys T-shirts. And as always, you can email the show at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Also, next week, do we have the John Eisenberg podcast coming? The John Eisenberg pa- podcast is launching next Tuesday, which All is right. really exciting. What happened to that guy okay. is the name of the podcast where he's going to talk to, he already has talked to, former Ravens players about their careers after their lives after football. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's some really good stories. So the first episode is on Jermaine Lewis, the former Ravens wide receiver and returner, uh, who's really had some peaks and valleys uh, since his career ended. So uh, just really looking forward to that from John Eisberg, and make sure that you tune in for that. Awesome. Uh, that's it for us this week. Miami, week one. Do I do the big win again? You already double did it. Do you double down? I don't think so, right? It's going to be a big win. I can't do it. <laughs> big win in Miami. See you next week.